And welcome back, everybody, to Opportunity Knocks. My name is Dean Miller. I'm your host, and thank you so much for tuning in. This is the podcast for small business owners, entrepreneurs, people who look for opportunities to make a difference, not only in their lives, but in the lives of the people who are most important to them. And today, I have two fantastic guests. We're back at it. we got three of us at the table here today. Uh, two very dear friends of mine, people who I have a lot in common with. They're both philanthropic. They're good people. Uh, they work hard. They make a difference for so many reasons. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to welcome you, welcome the Aaron Bates real estate team here to my left, Rebecca Cohen and to my right, Aaron Bates. Thank you so much for coming in guys. Thank, Thank you for you. having us. So I like, I like that first word you're using. Which one? I don't know. I can't repeat it. I won't do it right. Philanthropic. There you go. Philanthropic. <laughs> well, here. Look, we got that right there. All right. So one of the, one of the many things that I that I love about these guys, we had the the three of us had the pleasure of being on a team for fundraising uh, for the Leukemia and Lymphoma, Lymphoma Society for our dear friend uh, Lauren Zambelli. Uh, and as a group amongst the three of us and several others, we raised over one hundred and eight thousand uh, dollars, and the entire event raised over eight hundred and thirty thousand dollars, if I remember right. So, when you do the right thing for other people, good things tend to happen to you. Uh, not that we're looking for doing the right thing is always the right thing, and these two are the epitome of that. So, welcome, guys. Um, from the yet again, I tell everybody this is not a real estate related podcast, but it is it is the world that I've spent the better part of the last 20 plus years in. So I have a lot of good people in my contact list who are in that business. And these two are the epitome of what real estate agents should be running a business, organizing a team uh, and doing wonderful things. So uh, let's let's start off by by asking the two of you. Tell tell me what got you into this business, how long you've been doing it and what the opportunity was that you were looking for when you decided to jump in. I'll go first. You've been in it longer. (laughs) So why don't you start? So I'm coming up on, I think just over seven and a half years. My real estate career started with a phone call from uh, David Eng from United Mortgage called me up, uh, said, you know, in a nutshell that I've known you for a long time. You've always been a hustler. I think you do good in this business. I'll set you up in a place right now, which ended up being cruise real estate, uh, doing REO and foreclosures. Um, and short sales and the rest is history. I listened to him. I went out, did the 75 hour course, banged it out in two and a half weeks. And next thing I know, and I'm crawling through windows and yelling at squatters and houses. And <laughs> you got into a very, most people don't get into the real estate business to start the way that you did. No. Okay. And I, I, I'm glad I started that way. Cause it, it it's a lot different than the traditional. Yeah. Real Liter- estate literally business. at the bottom in the dirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what were you, what were you doing before you got into the real estate world? Um, so right before I was doing everything possible. I, I worked for an alarm company for almost five and a half years and I went down with the company after 31 years they were in business. Um, afterwards I decided that I never wanted to work for somebody else again. Um, so I didn't know what I wanted to do. So thank, thankfully Dave made that phone call cause I would have never thought about getting into real estate. Right. So I was, I mean. I was bartending at the time. Um, I was painting. I was doing mason work, contracting work, um, graphic design work, everything possible just to to get by. And then lo and behold, here I am. The opportunity showed up literally (laughs) right in your lap. Yep. And, and from there, you you started with Cruz. You were working mostly on the REO side, the bank owned foreclosure stuff. And give me over the seven, give, give me the 30 second breakdown on how your career evolved over the seven years so we could lead into Rebecca. So I, 
you know, I still do a lot of REO business, mm-hmm. um, but I definitely transitioned to more traditional. Um, I guess it, you know, I learned that business, um, got a big, large database of investors that I still stay in contact with and then started to grow, um, into the traditional business and started networking. I mean, I bartended for 11 years. So a lot of our clients ended up buying houses. So you, you built your database and stayed in touch with all of those people as well. That's, I would say that's my sphere. Were you doing both the real estate and the bartending thing at the same time at any point? Yeah. I think at the first three or four years, I did both of them. It was easy to do. Like I always said, it's cash money. Um, I, it was at night. It didn't affect the real estate career. And then finally one day I was like, I can't do the hours anymore. The money's not there. And there was no reason to do it anymore. I always looked at bartending and and we were talking about hospitality a couple of weeks ago on a, on a previous episode. I think bartending is a natural progression into almost any type of sales business because you're the epitome of a salesperson as a bartender. You're a psychiatrist, a psychologist, you know, you're, you're a lender sometimes. You you say exactly what I always say to everybody. I, I think that you're a professional friend maker, number one. Yes. And I think uh, it's a relationship-based business when you're behind the bar. I used to say yep. to the old owner, when we'd have a bad night, he'd get on me about it. And I would say, you know, I'm running a business back here. If I, if you're not making money, I'm not making money. So then it's not helping out. So then I just, I carried my, the, I ran the bar like it was a business. Yep. So every time I'd walk in there, I'd shake everybody's hand. I knew everybody, I might've not known their name, but I knew what they were drinking and right. their face. And you knew something about them. Right. And it was so sick that at one point I could tell them what they were last time I saw them. I don't have that anymore, but it, it was, I, I wouldn't know yeah. your name, but I knew your drink, what you wore yeah. and everything what you, about eat, you. And, and that goes back to the same thing. You know, my, with my experience in the hospitality business, it was the same thing. People were more people were more receptive to you. Even if you just looked at them and smiled, talked about something you talked about last time when in, in a sales line of work, we meet hundreds of people. It's hard to remember every name. They're only meeting one of us. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, if you're humble and I tell people all the time, I'll never forget your name or your face. The problem is I usually have a very hard time putting them together. Right. And the minute you tell me what your name was, I'm like, God damn, I knew that it was right on the tip of my tongue. But that, I, I think hospitality and real estate have a tremendous amount in common. And the 100%. fact that you talk about it and keep referring to it as a business is one of the things that I love most about what you guys do. Too many people in, in the real estate industry look at it as a job and you're running, you clearly are running a business. And I, I greatly appreciate that. Ms. Cohen, <laughs> how are you? I'm great. So give me a little, give me a little background on Rebecca um, and how you got to connect with this guy here and what you're doing to make that business so much better than it was just a couple of years ago. Um, well, I got into real estate from a totally different aspect. I started out, I used to be a teacher. Um, I lived in St. Louis at the time. I was a full-time teacher until I had my two girls. And then, um, I took like a year and a half off when they were born, my twins. And then I went back into teaching and then relocated to Long Island. Um, and once the girls went to kindergarten, I... Well, actually, before they went to kindergarten, I had my own tutoring business on the side that I was running. So I was running a tutoring business for a couple of years because I just, it was cash. I had my own schedule. I could do whatever I needed to do with the kids. So it was super easy. Uh, When they went to kindergarten, I knew that I did not want to go back to teaching because I didn't want to have a boss, basically. 
I didn't want anybody else to be in control of my time, my was money, that, everything. Was that due to a bad experience with a boss previously or with work or just because you were mom now and you had two new bosses? It really, it was neither one of those things. Okay. It was strictly that I don't want anybody else telling me what to do. I wanted to be in control over it. I wanted to live by my own sword or die by my own sword. Um, so I eventually decided to go into real estate. Um, and it was something that I had wanted to do before. And I had thought about off and on for many, many years. And then I just finally decided to take the plunge in and do it. Um, took the classes, took the test, started. Um, and then we kind of like connected over, we went to convention. I had just started at Century 21. Okay. I'd been there like three months. Um, our manager said, you should go to this convention. It'll change your business. And I was like, I don't even have a business. I've done nothing. Uh, I had started in January. That was in March. So I decided to just do it anyway. Um, signed up, went to convention. We went to all the same classes. We learned a ton. We both knew that we wanted to start doing videos. And so we started doing videos together. Time frame on that. How long ago was that? That was March of 2017. Okay. Yeah. So we came back from convention, started doing videos. And like in June of 2017, we decided that we would partner up and start a team. So you just happened to be in the same office and then you went to the, you, you traveled and okay. Um, all right. So you had a little bit, a little bit of a connection there. Anybody else from the company go with you at that time? Yeah. Or was it just you two? <clears throat> no, it's, what was that? 30 people? Yeah, no, we not, have like 14 there. locations. So we had probably between so 20 and 30 people. You had a decent people. amount of people there that you knew. Yeah. What was it about video that made you want to start doing it? Because you guys, around here on Long Island, you guys were amongst the first ones to really do it in a way that I thought was engaging. It wasn't just a lecture. It was honest tips. You guys sitting in the car, sunglasses on, blooper reel going nonstop, but you, you were always creating things that immediately brought value to anybody who was at least considering something to do with a home purchase or sale in most cases or an investment. Um, and that's, I think that's where your audience really grew from is that you guys were just so engaging. What made you, what was your tipping point that said to you, we want to go do more of this stuff on video? It was just like, we went to we already had the idea in our heads going into convention that we wanted to do video and, or I did. Did you? I have no idea. <laughs> there, were, there were days. Yeah. Where we never I, talked about yeah. it until then. There were days I where knew. I still don't want to. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, it's I had just started this business and I was like, I have to know everything that I need to know to be on the cutting edge and be successful and make this grow because you know how many people go yeah. into real estate and do nothing, right? More than, no, you don't want to be that person. More than half of the existing board is not sold a house in the last 12 months. Right. So. And it's so crazy. It's so Or just crazy. under half. That's what it is. Yeah. So um, we went to all the classes on video and all the classes on social media, learned a ton, decided to come back and start doing it. Um, and that was basically how it all began. So you went out, you went out there with the intention of let's make noise for the sake of making noise and bringing some, and when I say make noise, I mean, bring value all the time, but it was, let's just see how much we can do and how we can fall forward with it. Mm -hmm. And we, we fell and we fell a lot. I I mean, our first video was behind a desk, just like this. 
um, in the office. We were like news anchors. That's what it looked like. It was so bad. And it took, a, we, we did video for four hours and so we didn't end up using it. And I spent three hours editing it and I was on the phone with him and I was like, this sucks. It's terrible. <laughs> like, terrible. It's like, it's funny, terrible. It's yeah. so bad. What was it? What was it that made you think it was bad? It looked like, we're stiff it looked like the like news the, and it okay. was boring and it was boring. I was like, I would never watch this <laughs> okay. and we looked dumb. So then uh, we go to the second round of trying to do video. Did we, we did it in a house. Yeah. That was um, one of my, my investors at the time. Well, uh, current investor, we had a house in Baldwin Harbor beautiful kitchen, everything. So we did it in front. That was three and a half hours on a Friday night. And we still didn't think that we got anything from that. And that's, I mean, I think you were sitting on the counter and I was standing up. No, we actually did post that. It was like 10, 10 things to do before you sell your house or something like that. And we did post it. That was our first video and it got comments and the comments were why is she sitting on the counter? Right. <laughs> that was like the only comment. Aaron, Why stop, is she sitting on stop the counter? Uh, dancing oh, yeah, with your hands you and stuff. I was just like all uh, over my, the place. My mother's our number one viewer. She yells at me all the time. She's like, I didn't realize you were so Italian. My hands are always <laughs> like, going. So I, I did an episode with, with Charles, Charles Weinraub a couple, couple days ago. And I literally watched him and I was like, wow, I, now I see what my mother's talking about. So I played the psychological game with him. And I literally sat there like this. <laughs> For about 20 minutes just to see if he would calm down. And it actually worked a little bit. It was scary. I'm not an NLP kind of person, but I just remember one of those things is people mirror those they're watching. And I, I just found it funny. So I, I digress, which happens all the time. Welcome to the rabbit hole. That's what the name of the show really should have been is welcome down the rabbit hole. Go ahead. Sorry. I do like the name though. Um, yeah. So basically I would say the first five videos were just so bad, you know, looking back, they're so bad, but we have so many, we have bloopers for days that we haven't even put out there. It Um, used to take us hours to do a video. It's usually me. Like I mess up every 30 seconds. Well, that's because your mind is going in nine different directions at once. Well, that's exactly who I am. (laughs) And I only say that because I know you and I don't say that as a cheap (laughs) shot in any way. You've got one of the things we have in common is that our heads are always going in a million different directions. and, And I think that's why you two make such a fantastic partnership is that you tend to, Rebecca, you tend to really kind of bring him back to center as much as possible. You've got a little bit more focus on, on getting things accomplished where I think you, and, and don't take any of this as derogatory. Oh, I don't at all. You I, just do. Right. And I think you are the one I wear the hat, get shit done all the time. That's the hat you should be wearing. Yeah. Probably. Just, just my two cents. That's Probably. the truth. <laughs> she needs to hear that more often. Like I'm always seeing that. The bad part is she's taken some of the bad traits from me or she's a more structured person. Yeah. She's a structured person. Like you said, I'm all over the place. I am going to go do it. Like, tell me I'm going to not do it or do it. I'm doing it. Something's going to happen. Yeah. So that's where. Is that, is that a good or a bad thing for you? That it rubs off on me? Yeah. Oh, it's terrible. (laughs) It's absolutely terrible. All right. So we got to figure out what we can do to help (laughs) avoid that from happening. We're working on it. All right. Right. Cause it, as soon as she goes like this off the line a little bit, right. She goes crazy. Like I'll be at the office. I'll be so focused. I'll be getting so much shit done. Right. And then he walks in. <laughs> it's like a paddle boat. You've just got to be the guy going nonstop. With and the, then he's with the like, did you, on and did you talk the- to that guy? Did you call that lady back? Did you do this? Did you get that schedule? And I won't even know who or what or yeah. anything he's talking about. 
I'm like, get it, get in my head. He doesn't use any nouns. Are <laughs> <laughs> you any proper That's nouns? Why. That's the teacher <laughs> coming out. I had to think about that for a second. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> That's that's a pretty good observation. All right. Aaron Bates, the nounless human being. Yeah, I like that. I like that. That's why I don't write, write that many emails. Yeah. Uh, now it's all Rebecca. Either that or you transcribe it and let someone else fill in the blanks, right? So talk to me about uh, what opportunities you guys have seized as you've as your relationship and your partnership has evolved, where have you had successes? Where have you had your biggest successes, your biggest failures that you're willing to talk about? And what have you done about both? I think our biggest success was our, and I think during our first year, our biggest, biggest success was with first time home buyers. Okay. It's changed a lot. Um, but we transitioned we, our business this year. Right. And it, it, and we felt it, but actually to date, we are the same amount of units close and a higher gross. So we're doing better than we were so last your year. Transaction, your number of transactions are equal to last year, but your total volume is actually increased from last year. On a dollar standpoint. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. But still and we've drastically changed from buyers to listings. Yeah, we were we buyer did almost and- all buyers so, before. So not to dive, make this only about real estate. Let's talk about that. You saw an opportunity in your market to pivot from you know, in the real estate world, there are three avatars, in my opinion. There are home buyers, there are home sellers, and then there are agents. And as a broker, I look at it and say there's three. Um, as someone who's just a team or not looking to be a broker, you have two home buyers, home sellers, investors fall into that buyer and sometimes seller category. What was it about the state of the market that made you say, or, or the state of your business that made you say, you know what? We're on this path, we're doing well but we really need to just slam on the brakes and make a left or a right turn and go do something different. Well, I think that what we did really, really well is we serve buyers amazingly. I mean, we, we hustle. We, every Friday, every Thursday and Friday, we were in the office for hours researching properties and getting buyers scheduled. And we were showing houses to buyers from Thursday evenings until Sunday evenings, like Nonstop. Like, so think of a Saturday, Saturday, basically nine o'clock to six o'clock. Both Mm -hmm. of us would be out with different people, separately, different people, Mm -hmm. just serve, just going, 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 going. And so we were getting, you know, we were getting burnt. Yeah. Well, but we got multiple offers accepted every week. We were fighting for our buyers. We knew how to represent them. We knew how to represent them from a financial standpoint, emotional standpoint, everything. And, and there was numerous people that were telling us that I can't believe that you're working with buyers, especially in the market that's yeah. last year. Yeah. Like you couldn't work with buyers, but we, we got past it. We got creative. We got, I mean, we. Oh, without them, you don't have a market. Correct. 100%. Yeah. But in a strong seller's market, it was yep. tough. Anybody that was listing a house would have it sold in five days. Mm-hmm. And so we had to figure it out how we are getting our buyers those houses. But we did and, it. And we did it. We did it. We did it really, really well. It was well. just purely put your head down, hard work, commitment, and, and a connection to those, to those buyer clients of yours. And it's easy to be committed to them because- you know, you get, we get to know them, you know, we know like they're getting married in a few months or they're having their first baby or they're growing out of their one bedroom apartment because they already have a baby and one on the way, you know? So it's really easy to fight for people when you can understand what their when needs you have are and you know them so well. Yeah. I think that's an, uh, another reason why we've had a lot of success to it. The majority of buyers right now are millennials. Yeah. Uh, everybody 
depending it's on a, the report you look at, it's anywhere between 33 and 39% of all, all the real estate activity last year was 35 and under. Right. So who's going to connect with those buyers? It's going to be us because we're in that um, age group. Um, so, I mean, everybody will shit all over millennials and everything all the time. Not here. But they're, they are the ones that are buying the houses. Yeah. The ones that are coming out there. They're creating, they created that crazy market that we were in. Now this, it's starting to shift. But. This is episode eight and this is probably the fourth time I'm saying it. I know more 50 plus year old schmucks than I do 35 and under year old schmucks. And that's the millennials. I know more millennials who work their asses off and do the right thing. And the problem is the parents, you know, I, I saw a, a video the other day and they said, you know, the, the people who are complaining the most about the millennials are the <laughs> ones who are raising them. So stop, yeah. you know, stop passing the buck and place and blame. Look in the mirror once in a while. So, so as, and you guys are definitely on the younger side of, of average age for, for this industry. For, so 52 for, or 54? It's somewhere in the low to mid fifties, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm, you know, I'm quickly approaching that, mm -hmm. um, which is why I love hanging around guys like you. And I, I look at the people I surround myself with on a very regular basis and say, you know, if you're not watching what you guys are doing every day and the clients that you want to serve because you'd rather work with those who, not that you'd say no to somebody older or even younger, but you kind of, it starts to fall into place just because of who you are, where you're comfortable and the state of social media and the internet, you guys are most comfortable there where the people who are like you are. Therefore they see you, which is why I love the video. So, you know, it was a couple of years ago, everybody, I don't ever shoot a vertical video. Now everything's vertical. And you know, we, like we were posing before, tilting our heads sideways and upside down, all to get in that same shot. Um, People used to say to us, you shouldn't be wearing sunglasses. It, it makes it look like you're hiding something. That was just our gig. Yeah. Well, one our little secret, um, we'd have something in front of us. That look, clo could, look closely at some yeah. of those videos. I'm sure you could you see. Can see it. You can see it. I, I, I mainly for it. me, and I'd still mess it up. <laughs> but there's nothing wrong. You were authentically you. You know, mm -hmm. that was you. And that was your way of admitting, hey, I'm not perfect at this, but I'm just going to put my head down and keep going with it. And it worked so well. I mean, listen, look at me. I, I, I'm wearing a T-shirt every time somebody sees me. You know, for me to put a collar on takes a lot. And most of the time, the T-shirt I'm wearing has a message for me, nobody else. I've learned to read backwards just so I can remember <laughs> what, I'm, what I'm saying, uh, what I'm trying to remind myself of. And I had a meeting this morning and I knew who I was meeting with, a marketing coach that I work with uh, and a business, a business advisor. And he's pushing me. He's like, you got to focus. You got to focus. You got to focus. But at the same time, the end result's got to be so much bigger than you're giving yourself credit for. So that's, that's my, uh, that's my little rant for the minute. So your failure in wearing the glasses in some people's eyes led you to continue to do it more and more. I think, you know, someone telling you no actually seemed to push you more. Well, it's fair? just such a silly thing. Like yeah. here we are doing are like working our hardest, doing our best, putting information out there, stepping outside our comfort zone. And then people are going to criticize you on social media for wearing sunglasses. Yeah. Well, then don't work with me. And, and that's, <laughs> that's silly. That, in my opinion, is the beauty of it. You know, years ago, we used to use 800 numbers to sift and sort people before the internet was the internet. Uh, and they would dial in a number. And then they'd have options to go. And it was, wasn't like the automated phone customer service things. Like people were calling because they wanted something. Do you want this or that? Go here, click this, you know, hit one or two. And it was great because it would, the robot would sift and sort everything for us so that the people we didn't want to do business with fell down another valley and got pushed off to somebody else, not us. And I think that's the beauty of it is you can't be all things to all people all the time. 
You've got to be authentically you. That will attract people who are more comfortable doing business with you. And, and again, I think you guys do a great job with that. You know, I, I watch a lot of what you do. There's a handful of people I really, I observe a lot of, and I, you know, I've made comment as to when you've slowed down or when you've done more. And I appreciate that because I'm the epitome of inconsistency. You know, I've got a guy here producing for me every day and I still forget to put the damn post up half the time. Next day I got five of them. Like, and Instagram's telling me don't (laughs) still working on a post for the last two weeks now. Yeah. I got, I got two pieces about a half hour ago and I'm looking at it and I've listened to one of them three times already. And I'm like, all right, in my head, how am I writing this? Because to me, the text portion of it is as important, if not more so, depending on the message. So me. Especially now. (laughs) And then hashtag strategy and all that other stuff. I'm always grasping at straws to say, all right, let's test this. And I try something and then I don't go back and try it again. So I'm not really testing it. It's just like shotgun. Mm -hmm. You're going to hit something and that's about it. So, um, Talk to me about, let, let's talk about the charitable thing, because that's important to me. What made, what made you want to get involved with, aside from Lauren just being one of the most absolutely incredible people we know, what made you want to get involved and commit and put in the time and effort that you did? Because, I mean, you haven't tended bar in years and you were back there sweating your chops off that night. And it was, it was fun to watch and it was fun to be on the other side of the bar to make fun of you while you were doing it. But what made you want to get behind the bar and you run that show like you did that night? Well, we do a lot of charitable things, um, every, every year, but when, when Lauren asked us when the initial meeting was, we said, let's do this. We could raise, you know, $5,000 at least. And then we decided that we wanted to do an event. And I was like, oh, I have a bartender in a long time. And I have such a big, I had a big following there. So I was like, if I could get in front of these people again, I think I could pack out this bar right. and see how much we could raise that night. It was um, packed. It was packed. You know, and the crazy thing about it too is again, I'm a doer, just go and do it. But I also am a last minute guy. So she's like hounding me weeks before. Have you started inviting people, everything else? I did it 48 hours before. So I got the message out there 48 hours, just hit it hard, started making phone calls, text messages, everything. And then the result was the result. So I look at it as if, I did it two weeks before I really could have packed that place out, you know, but I mean, the result was good regardless. A couple grand in one night. You had a good time. Mm-hmm. You were sore for a couple of days. <laughs> weeks. My, I was my trying to be back. nice. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you guys. What was it? The following Wednesday I saw you and Aaron walked in. You could see he's still, like still kind of moving. Like and <laughs> back hasn't been the same since. And, but even, I mean, your effort with that, you, it, it, it was just like, the business. You're the one who organized and did all the, did all the things you let him go and have the spotlight. Um, well, I think you have a lot of similar personality traits. You know, I go back to psychology, psychological profiling all the time. You're, you have so much in common, but you're definitely more of the spotlight person and you're never afraid of it, but you're more of the organizer. Fair enough. I think that's accurate. Don't you? I agree. That's probably about yeah. accurate. I mean, so, I'm, I, I do most of the planning things that anything that really requires planning or organization, I am pretty much in charge of. That's the school teacher in you? Happen. Yeah. Is that the and old We do an teacher? event every year. Um, so we do an event every October also. Right. And um, so we have that one coming up. And that's another event that we do as a fundraiser as well. And we invite all of our clients. Um, okay. So that's a good event too that we do. And, you know, it's... Both events in this particular instance are related to, you know, kids who are 
fighting a disease, you know? So we do this event every October and it's to raise money for um, a foundation and it's called um, Friends and Angels. Okay. Friends and Angels is a group that provides um, amenities to the families of children in the hospital at Cohen Children's Medical Center. And so what that group does is they'll like decorate the rooms to look not like hospital room. They make it look like a kid's room. Comfortable. They um, make sure that the parents are comfortable. They bring them toiletries. They try to make uh, maybe snacks. Um, They bring games and activities for the kids to do all kinds of things. So I love this organization. I think it's really great um, because it just helps, you know, these people who are spending a lot of time in the hospital for their kids and the kids are spending a lot of time in the hospital and it helps them be more comfortable. So we support that organization too every year. And we do that in October. Um, That's another great one that we do that we like, but you know, I I think that like anything to do with kids, it just touches our heart. You know, you just really like, can't say no to that. I, I was, I mean, like, you, how could you possibly say no to that? You know me, I'm always, I, I have my core causes that are most important mm-hmm. to me personally, but I've got to do a lot of work to build up to get to that point. And a lot of what I want to do has to do with veterans and homeless. Um, but anything having to do with kids, is it's, it's almost impossible to say, if you've got any kind of heart, it's almost impossible to say no. So when the time comes and you start doing that, please let me know because I'd love to contribute because there was an organization in Utah years ago. I can't remember the name of it. This goes, it's 10 plus years ago. So my age is catching up with me, but they did similar stuff where they, they had kids who were ill and where their focus was, wasn't necessarily on helping the children be more comfortable, but helping the families of those children to learn to embrace it and comfort and support for them. Uh, and they partnered with, you know, research organizations, all that kind of stuff. But it's always great to see stuff where you, you don't ever want to say no to kids, but you got to look at how much the parents are grieving as well. Uh, and they're the ones who are always putting up the tough front. So I, I love that kind of stuff. And like I said, make sure I'm on your list when the time comes, you know, I'm never afraid to write a check for a good cause. We'll invite you. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, all right. So let's start to wind down a little bit. Let's, let's talk about business. What do you guys, do you have a clearly defined target audience, ideal customer? Yes, but it's changed. Changed. Okay. It's definitely changed this year. Our where we set it out to be at the beginning of the year has one hundred percent changed. It was is that as a result of changes in the market or changes in your your business our structure? business plan? Yeah. Okay. So we were like we were saying we were buyer centric last mm-hmm. year. We worked with a lot of first time home buyers. Um, like I said, we could connect with them, and we decided to go more to the listing side this year because we wanted mainly because we wanted to get some of our life back. We still work seven days a week. I could tell you on these two hands, how many days I took off last year and they are around the holidays. Right. Um, we're going to take off this summer for four days, five days. And um, so to try to get a life back. So I think transitioning the business was, was needed okay. before we get burned out before okay. we actually get started because what we're, what we want to do is a, is a lot more than we're actually doing now. Right. Okay. So was there, was there an event or something specific that triggered that? Or was it just a, a, an understanding or you just kind of noticed something and said, we need to go in a different direction? I think it just sort of happened and we rolled with it. 
is really what happened. Did don't that, you think? Did, yeah. did that change cause you any pain, discomfort, or was it just, Hey, you got a huge opportunity. Let's seize it. Oh, it made me feel super weird because <laughs> it was just different than what I was like. I was used to, like Aaron said, like nine to six every Saturday and Sunday, right. nonstop buyer, 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 buyer. Now we don't even know what to do if we have dead time. If we, yeah. Like, so like if I had. We should be prospecting even more. Like we have <laughs> Saturday, like I'm looking at it. I'm thinking in my head our Saturday, we're going to be working five hours, I think. Yeah. That's was That's, completely unheard of. I mean, actually Friday nights, sometimes we weren't leaving the office until eight, nine o'clock. Mm-hmm. And it was continual. It happened every That's Friday night weekend. last year. Do you put these crazy hours in out of necessity or out of hunger or passion or like, why are you, why are you obsessed with your business? I think we both, I think we could agree on this. So we'd like to help people. Um, but I'm hungry. Absolutely. I've always been like that. I've, I have the business mind, but I need someone like Rebecca to, to structure it. She's the perfect partner. She's, she's your chief operating officer. 100%. Yeah. I've been told every, every day by someone very close to me, you need a partner for those reasons. Uh, and I am not afraid to admit that they're right. I'm just, I've had so many bad partnership experiences in my, in my career that I'm very hesitant to do it, even though I know it's the right thing to do. I hear that a lot from people yeah. who've yeah. tried because a lot of people tell yeah. us their stories of trying to form a partnership. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that you see a lot, you do see a lot of partnerships go bad, whether it's trust or perception. And Aaron and I operate in totally different ways. And I, I could see why some people, if they were in the same situation might think, Oh, like, I like, I could look at what he's doing. I'd be like, he's not even doing anything. He's just out running around all day. And he'd be like, she's not even doing anything. She's just in the office all day sitting around, but it's not reality. And we know that's right. not the reality of what both of us are doing. It's their reality. But, but I think in other partnerships, if you, if you don't have a trust factor, that, that perception piece is what happens. Like I, I definitely took a leap of faith with try with teaming up with Rebecca because I want to be in control of everything. I'm still learning that as we go. There's a lot of things I'm giving up, but it's it's taking a lot out of me. Because okay. I don't like to give up anything. I want to be in one hundred percent control. I'm the quarterback of everything. But this is this is why this is working. I'm getting better. Getting better. Why, why is that? I'll dive a little bit deeper, but not too much. Why is it that you're obsessed with, uh, and again, I think it's a reason why I connected with you as far back as I did. Cause I think we're so much alike. I, th- you know what? I think I, I get it from my father. My father owned a lot of businesses growing up. Um, he was in the construction business owned a construction company. And one thing that I've taken from my father is he would do it because he knows he's going to do it right rather than teach somebody to do it right. So like everything I learned wasn't one always my father teaching me, it'd be me watching him or learning on my own. So I think that, that trade I get, I grabbed from him. If you're going to, if it's going to get done right, you got to do it. So I think that's the whole, I'm a psycho. It's a dangerous mindset. I I don't disagree with you. And again, I'm, I'm all too often. I'll push people out of the way for the sake of saying, you know what, it's got to get done. Let It's going to take me too long to teach you. Let me do it. It's a, in my case, it's a major character flaw uh, and something that I'm working on. 
And I think having a teacher by your side is something that really makes a lot of sense because I got, I got a feeling Rebecca can probably put a lot of those things together to kind of free you up to not be as crazy and, and give you more opportunities to create more successes for you guys as an organization. I mean, it's definitely been a work in progress. Yeah. We've had to both learn a lot and be flexible along the way, but I think so, we keep getting better. It's the beauty of it. I think, you know, if, if you're not learning, you're not growing, you're dying. So let's jump, let's jump back a little bit. Any, any major failure that either of you have had that's helped <laughs> position you to be the better version of what you were. I could count on yeah, I, know. I, I gotta, would take my fingers, my toes, everything. Gotta take your shoes <laughs> count off. All count the that failures. <laughs> but is there one in particular that by learning, by having that failure, you found an opportunity, a, a way to learn something new, a way to be of benefit somewhere else because you fell flat on your face or whatever it may be? Business wise or a- just anything? In life? Anything. I don't know if I fell. F- flat on my face, but I've definitely had some events happen in the last five years. And then 15 years ago when I moved here and stuff that those aha moments, those moments where, you know, shit just happened and it affected you and you had to, you have to pull up the big boy pants and get past it, you know? Um, and that's what I, it's always driving me. Like that's what motivated me. Like everybody has their trials and tribulations but it's, you have to rise above. A lot of people, that's how you respond. That's what I, when I coached lacrosse, that's what I always say to the kids. That's and that, and that's how you respond with you. It's It's kind of where I was leaning. Yeah. You know, athletics has done such wonderful things for me and you wouldn't tell by looking at my body because I don't look like an athlete. The inside of my body's beaten like someone who's done it, uh, which is not a good combination. (laughs) But you know, my, my favorite books ever are the ones about guys like Vince Lombardi and company and, and, there's a million and one quotes, but I, I just never forget those moments where someone just gets a pure ass whooping on the field and someone just gives them that look in the face. And all of a sudden that lesson is learned and you, you pick yourself up and you keep, you keep moving forward. Uh, and, and I think that's more people need to look at life that way as saying, you know, just because it's a failure, it doesn't mean you're a failure. Right. Um, so how about yourself? Any earth shattering uh-huh. moment? that you can provide some brilliant insight on? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about brilliant. Um, I think that I just, you know, I'm a single mom. I have twins. Um, Twins are not easy. So that's- Children are not easy. (laughs) Children are not easy. Yeah. Mine are twins. Um, And I think that- that's like a motivating factor for me. You know, number one, um, we have to eat and, you know, we need a roof over our heads, all those things. Fair like, enough, right? <laughs> that's fair enough, right? But um, more, but also, you know, I really think that it's important that I teach my daughters to um, never rely on anybody else for anything. Um, so, you know, like when I go to work every day or when I'm talking to them about my work, I try to remind them, you know, and teach them about having a good work ethic, working Mm -hmm. hard, showing up every day, you know, doing good things for yourself, doing good things for others. And I think that just being a good role model for my kids is one of the biggest motivating factors for me. 
I think it's, it's the, I, and I'm, I was kind of leading and hoping you'd go down that path, but I didn't want to pull it right out of you, but I greatly appreciate you acknowledging that, you know, it's, it's one of the things that, you know, I, I married a single mom. Um, you know, I was divorced and had kids living with me, uh, had, had my kids living with me back and forth. And, and I'm, I'm just always overwhelmed by how moms in general, but especially single moms have this no shit attitude. It's it, whatever the hell gets in the way isn't really in the way. It's what we choose to let be there. Uh, and I've watched people like you and Christina and my wife and some others that, that, that we probably know. And, and they never seem to have that down moment that has a negative impact on their kids. Um, and I, I greatly appreciate that. Um, it's the toughest job in the world. It's the most thankless job in the world, being a mother. I'm grateful that I never had the chance to, or will have the chance to do it, um, <laughs> because I couldn't handle it. Um, but I think it really defines not only who you are, but what you are. And depending on how you want to look at it, wouldn't, neither one is better or worse than the other. I just think combined it, it's, it's a fantastic, it's a yeah. fantastic thing. And I think that, I think that it's very easy for people when they're in a single parent situation, um, to let themselves be a victim of circumstance. Uh, I know that all of us see it all the time, yep. you know, um, people get in a bad situation and instead of making the situation better, they end up, you know, kind of getting worse and sinking and falling and failing because they get down on themselves. Right. Um, you know, I think that it's much more important when you are a single parent to, you know, prove everybody else wrong, prove the trends wrong, prove the stereotypes wrong, be better than you can, there be you better go. than anybody expects you to be. It's like I tell my little one and she said it in that chair, you know, anything's possible and you're not allowed to use the word can't ever. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I really, it just, it makes me feel good to hear people tell these stories and not, you know, I ask you about failures, but you, it seems like you almost don't even want to acknowledge it because you're just, brushed it off and moved on. I and don't think it's necessarily, I mean, if you look I don't at, say that in a if you way. look at everybody's, you know, so-called failures, um, like it, when you rise above those failures, they're not really failures. Exactly. They, they plummeted you to that point. That's, that's the similar trait that I see from everybody who sat on that side of the table is you, they, they, it's, and again, it's part of the reason why I carefully chose the word opportunity for the, for the title of the podcast. Uh, although the rabbit hole one does intrigue me. You never know. I might have to start another one because I spend most of my time in it. Uh, but but I, I look at that and that's the commonality between people. And and I'm very impressed by that because it it makes me a better person to sit here and ask those questions and hear those answers. Uh, it, it's like when people, I used to say to people all the time, when I had the chance to be on stage to teach, I was the most rewarded person in the room. I learned more than everybody else in the audience combined. Um, and I, it's it's why I love doing this because I'm learning now, even if we're regurgitating the same stories we may have told each other a hundred times, I'm learning something new every time I hear it. Um, you know, it's that, that old Confucius, the teacher appears when the student's willing to learn. And, and this has created great opportunities for me. So uh, we're going to, we're, we're coming up on time. I know you've got some very important places to be, and I don't want you to be late for that. So let me ask any questions, comments, ideas, suggestions, anything our audience can do to be of help to you, or we can do to be of help, help as well. No answer. No answer. <laughs> Silence. Silence. All right. Well, on that note, then here's what we'll do. Aaron and Rebecca are easily accessible everywhere online. Um, Aaron Bates, Rebecca Cohen, Aaron Bates, real estate team. Um, you should definitely be following them, watching them, whether you're in the industry and you want to learn how to be 
a better version of yourself and get your message out there. These guys know how to share their insight, their opinions. They learn every day and they're willing to share that with people every day. And I'm, I am so appreciative of the opportunity to get to watch them. We will link up all their social media tags and highly suggest that you follow them as well. Uh, if you ever have questions for them, for me, direct message, comment, anything like that, they're 100% active on there. They are two of my favorite people in this industry on Long Island. And I'm very honored and proud to have you both here and proud to call your friends. You know, if there's ever anything I can do for you guys, let us know. Hopefully, Corey will be able to get some brilliance, put some micro content for you guys together uh, and, and spread the word of of building a business, of doing the right thing and of, of really knowing how to serve your customers and clients in the best way. So, guys, thank you both so much for being here. As thank always, you. my name is Dean Miller. Thank you. We would love it if you enjoyed any of this. If you would share, comment, love, surprise, uh, uh, subscribe, surprise me. Surprise. And su surprise me <laughs> surprise. and subscribe. I need more than two. My wife and my mother are the only two. Uh, <laughs> I'll no, subscribe. I don't, I don't yeah. know if that's true or not. I just like to be a jackass sometimes. So thank you so much for tuning in. We look forward to coming up with uh, with more guests, more insight. If you know somebody who'd like to be a guest or you, you like yourself would like to be one, hit us up in any one, any one of those ways and we'll be more more than happy to have you into the studio. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great day.